What you need is the magic of a holiday Santa hug. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you, Santa. I'm talking. Thank you. Twins, twins, tree. I'm talking. Menorah, grandma. Excuse me! Excuse me! Excuse me! Welcome to Cheap Podcast, the unprofessional podcast about professional wrestling. Uh, I'm your host, Dave Diminative Rudden. I've got a couple of guests with me on this groundbreaking episode. I'm Hank, uh, future Endeavor at Gilbert. Uh, Brett, best of luck, Elston. Oh, oh thank God uh, you didn't do it. Uh, Chrissy Barty uh, Antista. <laughs> <laughs> ah, really good. So our, our long tradition of kayfabe history continues <laughs> on. Uh, you, you know, in the last week, there's been a lot of releases from WWE. I'm sure we'll get into a couple of those in the second segment. But uh, I thought we would uh, laser focus on, on one particular person, the person with the longest tenure but the shortest height. <laughs> I'm talking, of course, about Hornswoggle. So Hornswoggle, whose real name is Dylan Postal, started, he started his wrestling career in 2005 in NWA, Wisconsin, and his nickname was the World's Sexiest Midget Short Stack. <laughs> uh, and uh, in, in, in this organization, he won the NWA Wisconsin X Division Championship as well as the Tag Team Championship. So uh, Nice. Yeah. No, I mean, and he prefers the term midget. So. Ah, okay. He got snapped up by the WWE pretty quickly. In May of 2006... Uh, he made his debut as a character called Little Bastard. Uh, <laughs> he was a leprechaun friend of the uh, this Irish wrestler named Finley, who would wear like a shamrock on his tights. Yes. But Little Bastard, he would emerge from underneath the ring during Finley's matches and attack Finley's opponents, usually by biting them, because like what else would a midget do but bite the opponents and bite the ankles of, of Finley's opponents? Whether Little Bastard or Hornswoggle, he also never talked. He was mm-hmm. just a little, yeah, little grunt. miniature thing. Yeah, yeah, he would like grunt and mime at things. Even helped Finley win the United States Championship from uh, from Bobby Lashley when he threw Finley. Guess what? A shillelagh. Uh, so yep. yes, uh, about uh, Finley hit him with it, won the title. I uh, knew it wasn't sensitivity. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is pre PG era, so yeah. he was just like Finley. I love to fight. And th- and his character was little bastard until early 2007 when he was renamed Hornswoggle, and at that point he started a pardon the phrase a mini feud. With uh, Mr. Kennedy, who's like a cocky wrestler. Kennedy. Uh-oh. And uh, this, this this all culminated at WrestleMania 23, where uh, Kennedy did a, did a splash off a ladder on a Hornswoggle while Hornswoggle was trying to help Finley win a ladder match at that event. Poor guy. Uh, I, I remember watching that. I was so sad for him that he pulled out his little ladder yeah. to help uh, Finley. In July 2007, Hornswoggle won the WWE Cruiserweight Championship <laughs> at the Great American Bash. Uh, it was a multi-man match where, like, whoever got the pinfall wins. Nobody mm-hmm. knew he was in the match, so he snuck out from underneath the ring and snuck, and snuck the pin and won the title. And it's uh, it's doubly noteworthy that he won the Cruiserweight t- title at the Great American Bash. So just to, like, 
just to crap on WCW's legacy, which was not that great with cruiser with the cruiserweight belt because like a fat dude had it once and like it was it went all over the place. Before Russo took over WCW, was, the the cruiserweight belt was like the X division belt almost yeah. of, of TNA. It had so many great yeah, it matches. Was like Eddie Guerrero Especially. and Rey Mysterio and Dean Malenko all had it, but now Hornswoggle won it at a at an event that used to be named a WCW event, Great American Bash. So yes. I'll just tie together really nicely. Pinned uh, the the trailer park great Jamie yeah. Noble for it. And he was the final. Yes. Because, yes, in, two, in September of 2007, Hornswoggle was revealed to be Vince McMahon's illegitimate son. So the way that yeah. the story went, it was originally supposed to be Mr. Kennedy who Kennedy. was revealed. I mean, even worse because his, his name is Mr. Kennedy. Kennedy oh, oh. is Vincent, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. It's his middle mm. name. Uh, but because Kennedy was suspended at that point, Hornswoggle was revealed to be the son. <laughs> and uh, as, a re- as a result of that, Vince wanted to protect Hornswoggle. He, he took the Cruiserweight title off of Hornswoggle to, to protect him so he didn't have to defend the title and, and all of that. But early 2008, John Bradshaw Layfield, who was feuding with Finley at, the, at that time, uh, revealed to Vince McMahon, uh, Hornswoggle is not your son. Hornswoggle is actually Finley's son. <gasps> and then they feuded for a while, and that was another point where Hornswoggle got the, got the crap beat out of him at WrestleMania uh, when uh, JBL beat Finley in a match. Oh. The implication is not that he's a child. No, no, okay. but just that like he is someone's son. And he is, he, yes. Yeah, and ex- adds Game extra comedy like because it. he can't say he's anyone's son. Mm-hmm. So he's like pointing at his wiener and then pointing at that person like... like <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is this after the WrestleMania 25 Money in the Bank where he dove yeah. on everybody? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, so around the end of 2008, Finley and Horde Swaggle actually became a tag team and competed for the tag team championship. They didn't win it. Uh, Mid 2009, so this is around when he would, did it that latter spot at uh, WrestleMania 25. Uh, Hornswoggle feuded with Chavo Guerrero in a series of matches and actually mm. won the majority of them because they were oh. usually like they were usually comedy matches like blindfold match or some other thing like Last Man Standing and he tapes his feet together. Poor Chavo. But at the end of 2009, Hornswoggle wanted to join DX. He was rejected and actually like pushed around a little bit by Triple H and Shawn Michaels. So he took the case to Little People's Court. <laughs> let, let me change the inflection on that. The Little People's, People's Court. Court. Uh, uh, L-I-L apostrophe? Uh-huh. Oh, boy. And uh, the Little People's Court, actually, it's in the WWE arena underneath the ring. That's where that's where Hornswoggle's home is. That's also, when you yes. go underneath, it's a like a magical kind of like... Little monsters, when you go underneath the beds and there's a whole world, there's a whole courtroom underneath. And at, in this court case... The lead Koch. Yes. <laughs> in this court case, Hornswoggle won the right to be in DX, so he was their mascot for a short period of time. <laughs> in late 2010, uh, this is just notable for just because how weird it sounds, Hornswoggle became the mentor of then-rookie Titus O'Neil on the show NXT before it became the, you know, the show that everybody loves. It was... WWE veterans mentoring rookies. So just the, the the sight of Hornswoggle being the boss of a giant dude who has is like in his like late thirties. So it, it was weird. So Jericho mentored Wade Barrett. Yeah. Uh, the Miz mentored Brian Brian Danielson, and. Then it was Hornswoggle with Titus Orney. Yeah, it kind of revealed like the pecking order. Like mm. you're so important, we're giving you the mute midget to be your mm. your your mouthpiece on the show. So it was weird. But fast forward to 2011, uh, during a Christmas edition of WWE SmackDown, Hornswoggle won a battle royal where the winner got a Christmas wish. So Sheamus and Hornswoggle were the last two left, and I guess it was kind of like Irish pride. Sheamus allowed Hornswoggle to win. He just stepped out of the ring. So Hornswoggle used his wish to ask Santa Claus, who in this case was Mick Foley in a Santa costume. 
He asked for... You're destroying kayfabe Sorry. That was Santa. It was, so he asked Santa for the ability to talk and finally was able to start speaking, uh, you know, five years after he made his debut. Though, in reality, earlier in the year at WrestleMania, in a backstage skit with the Snoop Dogg, he, he rapped. So... There's yeah. some. There's a little bit of controversy there, though. You could say that WrestleMania is like the treehouse of horror of <laughs> of WWE, where it's like not, not everything is canon at WrestleMania. So, depending, it's either mid or late 2011 when he finally started talking, and then after that, like his schedule was a little bit more sporadic, but still very weird. So in 2012, he was revealed to be the anonymous Raw general manager, Ugh, which meant like. Basically, for the entirety of 2011, like a computer would would make these decisions about like who main events Raw, who gets this title shot, who does this, who does that, and that was like there was supposed to be this big reveal, who it finally was, and then in 2012, it was revealed that he was doing, that he was emailing the computer at ringside from underneath the ring, and then making, yeah, then making Michael Cole say what the anonymous Raw GM said yeah. when he'd get the, boop uh, but that's another thing that's kind of uh, you can't really depend on WWE story here because uh, like late 2014 the the anonymous Raw general manager came back for one episode of Raw and they didn't say whether it was Hornswoggle or not so it was like who is it then are you yeah. trying to restart this this story they didn't so no and for a few guess. episodes when the authority was disbanded the, it came back too and everybody's like. No, it's Hornswoggle. Yeah. We know it's Hornswoggle. <laughs> Quit bringing this back. You killed it by making it Hornswoggle. That could, that took him off TV for a little while to uh, be in the movie Leprechaun Origins, taking the role that uh, Willow Warwick Davis had in the previous Warwick. movie. Warwick. Warwick? Warwick. Warwick? Warwick, Not Warwick. In mid-2014, Hornswoggle joined 3MB, which was a faction uh, based around guys who wanted to be, like, uh, rock musicians but didn't have the talent, so they would just, like, air guitar on their way to the ring. Him and the members of 3MB, by the way, they used Hornswoggle, I think, so they could make 3.5MB jokes, which, Mm -hmm. you know, little people jokes. It's the entirety of his career. At that point, 3MB started feuding with Los Matadores, which is a Matador-themed tag team who had a little bull mascot named uh, El Torito. So Hornswoggle had two back-to-back pay-per-view pre-show matches with El Torito. The first was a WLC match, which was uh, tiny ladders, tiny tables, and tiny chairs with with also a tiny referee and tiny announcers. That was great. It was pretty great. Both this match and the next one were surprisingly great because it's not only these two guys throwing each other around. And El uh, El Torito is, like, surprisingly – he's not surprisingly. He's just, like, he's small and he's fast and he can do crazy moves. Uh, so, like, between that match and then the next match, which was a, a hair versus mask match. So, at this point, Hornswoggle had grown out his hair because he was in this rock band with these three other dudes against uh, El Torito's mask. He lost again and had his head shaved. So, he, after that, he came back uh, to be Los Matadores' second mascot, Lavaca. So, he's a little cow. Yeah, boy. Uh, his final uh, televised stuff with WWE was being uh, yet another mascot. In this case, it was the team of Heath Slater and Titus O'Neil, so coming full circle with Titus. Uh, the team was called Slater Gator because Heath Slater and Titus O'Neil were, played for the Florida Gators, I guess. Yeah, they yeah. were, well, yeah, they were They were Slater Gator, mm-hmm. and he was the mini Gator that accompanied them to the ring, and that allowed him to restart his feud with El Torito for a couple, like, nothing matches. He did Gator rolls a lot, yes. I recall. Uh, and that was basically the end of his tenure. So, like, sorry, the summer of... 
2015. He, uh, that tag team d- dissolved, and uh, he was taken off TV. He had surgery and, and was just basically awaiting his next thing. Just this month, he was released along with a, a batch of other wrestlers, uh, ending his career just around 10 years. Nine years with WWE, but 10 years overall. I'm sure he'll be like doing indies and stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, like he's so recognizable that mm-hmm. even not having the name Hornswoggle, I'm sure he'll just. You'll see him at your local uh, VFW Mall. hall. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> no, and he was also in Muppets. Uh, he was in yeah. the Muppets Most Wanted as well. Really? Was, was? Uh, yeah, he had multiple scenes with. Tina Fey, I believe. I think he was in. No, the, I know that was him in the Gulag. Yeah, I believe so. He's uh, he talked about it on. He just did a podcast interview with Steve uh. Austin, so that's how I know it. But he talked about how like he had been a Muppet fan his whole life, and that he uh, he said he shouldn't say that it was more important to him getting to be in a Muppet movie than his son's birth, but uh-huh. he didn't not say that. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and he is a huge Muppets fan. Like, when he finally started wrestling with 3MB, like, mm-hmm. he would wrestle with his shirt off for the first time, mm-hmm. and he had, like, a Muppet tattoo, so... Like. <laughs> I don't have a son, but I'd rather be in a Muppet movie than ever have sex again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Now, I, I mean, his stuff with the... Uh... His stuff with El Torito is the best mm-hmm. uh, highlight of his career, though the problem was like they only employed two little people yeah. in WWE. And, so once yeah. you had all those matches between them, you can't go any farther. Like He's not going to face anybody yeah, else. Yeah, and El Torito was also That's like released, half the so. amount of divas they had. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, but like they're trying to be more sensitive. You know, Now it's the women's title, not the divas title. Maybe this is the end of, of midget matches and midget wrestling in WWE. You never know. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it was very condescending how they treated yeah. like Oh, you're a little person. That means you're a child. Yeah. Like, so they would like hop on somebody's lap. Like, hey, what's up? Like, yes. like or you remember when he like hit uh, Jr. in the groin mm-hmm. at uh, the Hall oh, of Fame? Oh, oh, it, yeah, yeah, I forget who it was. It was Jake Roberts talking about why he wished oh. he was dead but wasn't? And so yeah, to, to bring everyone back to levity, he yes, he hit. Uh, Jerry Lawler in the balls, and I can think of no better way to end uh, <laughs> this kayfabe history than by yes, uh, the Hall of Fame ball punching by Hornswoggle, who uh, yes had a very entertaining WWE career. Let's say that. Uh, so that'll do it for the kayfabe history. We're going to be back with our a- first ever experimental live yes. broadcast. Fuck it, we'll do it live. following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. Bleep Bloop game fans, want to get the latest tips and tricks to unlock advanced boards in your favorite games? Well, you won't hear any of that on Game Apocalypse, but you will hear a bunch of nerds talking about their favorite moments in video games. For example... I was really hoping Pocket Card Jockey could be a surprisingly good game, and it is. It really is. Did you want to play a game that is a very loving tribute to the sport of horse racing? No. That's also a game of solitaire. No. It's pretty much next Rusty Slugger, and it's really good. Seven bucks on uh, the eShop for your 3DS, boys. What? I got to pay up front for a Nintendo download? Well, get the demo. It's good. Mm. It's good. Also, (laughs) I can't tell people I'm playing Pocket Card Jockey without them thinking like, oh, 
So you're masturbating. Dave, 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 yeah. Dave, everybody knows you uh, work out of your house primarily. Mm-hmm. Everyone assumes you're masturbating <laughs> all yes. the time. Yeah. Until, <laughs> until you talk to them, you're masturbating. Uh, all took, your friends think It took that. Dave 15 minutes to answer this okay. hangout uh, question. Uh, maybe. Look, I, I do tantric style, so it's got a... Oh. <laughs> Uncharted 4! <laughs> Uncharted 4. That's Video Game Apocalypse every Friday on the Laser Time Network. To see more, go to videogameapocalypse.com. Welcome to Cheap Podcast Live, the inaugural live episode. Yes, uh, it's the ghost of Chris Antis. The times the they are changing, and we are in the Cheap Podcast Arena. Indeed, uh, I am Dave Live Rudden. Mm-hmm. Uh, Henry, Matt, card to be announced later. <laughs> Gilbert, uh, since this is the first live one, I'll just stick with Brett Hitman Fart. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> to good. Start and, a new day. and off, off mic, handling the wheels of steel. Hi, it's Chris. I'm, I'm checking in your chat. We're going to be pre-taped call-in yeah. show. But yeah, if you're <laughs> listening to this in the podcast form, there is a live uh, video version on the YouTube where we recreate all the matches. In WWE yeah, and we, and we created a, a neat little cheap podcast arena with the logos everywhere. Well, like we used to do in the show, we would pick our favorite match of each show of the week yes. with Raw, NXT, mm-hmm. SmackDown. Well, not SmackDown, but uh, Lucha, Lucha, Lucha Underground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, maybe if we get desperate enough, TNA, all that happen. stuff. But yes, uh, my card every week is Raw. And uh, this week, we know it wasn't as good as uh, previous weeks, but mm-hmm. I, I, there's still some good bits. I do the the coolest thing that happened on Raw every week. Yeah. That was Major a podcast.com. Yes, that was a backstage segment <laughs> that uh, introduced Dana Brooke. <laughs> Wait, yeah, but which my you fa- can't really do in a yeah, match. you can't do a backstage thing, not in WWE games anymore. But you can do my favorite match of the night, which was Sami Zayn versus The Miz. Yeah, the stipulation for this was strange, where it was like to get for Sami Zayn to be part of the. I see match in Extreme Rules. Yes. He has to beat the champ. Yeah, it, they, they for do proof that, that he could then go fight four so people. So often that it didn't even phase huh. me. Where it's well, like, well, you the champion is pinned so many times before they actually I lose guess, their title. Yeah. But like this being like you have to pin the champion to be in the match. That's also something. I that mean, I'm, I'm cool to. with Miz being such a loser that yeah. he like, he was already the presumptive loser already because Cesaro beat him. Yeah. And, right. Well, meanwhile, Sami Zayn. Mm-hmm. I mean, Sami Zayn lost to Kevin Owens. He did need to prove he should be there. And yeah. So I am cool with Sami Zayn, and of course I just love Sami Zayn anyway. Yeah, and I mean, The Miz is not the best wrestler, nope. but he's a great heel. And in this yes, this match, it really like let him show that off. Like, there's him, you know, grabbing the ropes during a pin, mm-hmm. like his his wife interfering. <laughs> uh, Timberwolf Bobby points out, uh, while I'm happy Sami got to put in the IC title match, uh, he does feel like the least deserving of the four. He's the, the newest, so I don't. That's why I don't think he'll win. Like it's, I'm still like a still a homer for Cesaro and think that he's mm. going to win that that belt. But yeah, because in storyline, it's like he made a big splash at Rumble. Yeah, but like he hasn't won a big match, so it's like uh, outside of do you care about him and Kevin Owens as a feud? Yeah. If I was a casual viewer of Raw, I would feel like man, that Cesaro guy's probably going to get it. Or yeah, yeah. Inbot Masters pointing out that Kevin Owens backstage segments are the best. Yeah, go yeah. look them up on WWE.com. Yeah, him basically like I forget exactly how he said it, but he said to Zack Ryder like, "Do you still matter?" Like, <laughs> and, he, and he just like plowed through him. Like, it's as nice that Zack Ryder is still on Raw. He's still getting shots like that, but yeah. like. 
Yes. Oh, man. Yeah. Spade Slick mentioning in the chat, Miz doesn't need wins to keep his heat. And it's true because no. Miz is a great heel in that yeah. he's not trying to be cool heel. He's just being a yeah. dirtbag mm-hmm. and, like, an unlikable person. So, mm-hmm. like... Let his wife cheat for him and all that. Yeah. But, no, I mean, I hope the immediate thing is... The eventual end is that Cesaro <laughs> wins it all and then Sammy and Kevin just keep their thing going into SummerSlam yeah. mm-hmm. for a much cooler thing. And I hope that they're... Their thing continues into Money in the Bank, not just because I have tickets for Money in the Bank and want to see both of them in a Money in the Bank match, but also because I think they should have the blow-off at SummerSlam. I have to read this guy's name. Uh, Banksy versus Goatsy says, The Miz is so good, I used to absolutely despise him, but his heel work is excellent, and I want his gold robe. I mean, Oh, it is really good. It's got like these weird little plaques. It's like Him and and Maurice uh, look great in those outfits. I mean, he's still a balls... Not balls wrestler. He's totally fine, but compared to work Courses like Cesaro, yeah, sure. Sammy, and Kevin. Like I mentioned to Dave, I think of them as like half of the new SmackDown Six. Like yeah. it's hard to remember the SmackDown Six now because one of them's Chris Benoit and the other's Eddie. <laughs> Another one's Eddie. Oh. It's just too depressing. But yeah. their thing was that they were six dudes who were on SmackDown who could have a great match with anybody on yeah. the six. Mix and match those six, <laughs> yeah. you'd have an amazing match. And they've got these three right here, yeah. and I think. You know, AJ is kind of getting to be that level two of even an awesome match with anybody. Yeah. I, I think... I, I even like that the fact that The Miz is going to be in that title match. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's just a great dynamic where three guys who will just, like, work their asses off and one guy who is, like, the chicken shittiest heel <laughs> they have. And, like, The Miz is not terrible in the ring. Like, yeah. his his moves are his own. Like, mm-hmm. you, if you're watching the tight, you just saw him do, like, his turnbuckle jump. Like, he's got that uh, DDT with that's, like, when the guy's kneeling, which nobody yeah. else does. And mm-hmm. his... Figure four still is not the great, the greatest, but like no. he's doing little things. Like he, I thought it was cool. He held his knuckles underneath his back to like keep himself from rolling over. I'm like, uh-huh. yeah, why wouldn't you do that? Give yourself as much leverage as you can so you don't get flipped over. Because of course, in yeah. wrestling, uh, getting flipped over in a figure four is the most painful thing that can happen to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I really hate the name of his finisher though. The skull crushing finale. It's too wordy. Like, yeah. like for a finisher, <laughs> like. Yeah. That's too much. Even it's also the, uh, rarely a finale. Like it can't, it yeah. can't be B level dudes. Yeah. Skull crushing to uh, to count. Yeah. Skull crushing intermission. Yeah. Unless you're Zach Ryder, yeah. then it's like nope, one's enough for you. Yeah. I did. I also did like seeing the Bullet Club become the club. Yeah. And though it's like by Sega. But it's like AJ is halfway to being evil, but he still hasn't turned yet. And I wonder if uh, if Extreme Rules, he's finally going to do it. But yeah, I think Sammy Sammy needed some big wins. So I normally am a hater on when when the champ loses, especially the IC title, Mm because it happens way too much. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Miz... It's fine with Miz and Sammy needed to finally beat somebody who wasn't Stardust. Yeah, yeah, yeah and like you mentioned, like that uh, they had an elimination tag match with uh, the Roman Reigns and the, his two cousins. The family in the club. The family in the club, and it was it ended with a shamaz, but it was still cool. I thought mm-hmm. like it, there was a good reason for DQ because the club they're like tight knit, so they would interfere and and be angry and not it's not like a chicken shit like heel thing. It is yeah, a like yeah. we're protecting each other kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Besides that, like Cass was almost in the main event of Raw. The main event of Raw yeah. was was uh, Chris Jericho's light bright jacket getting cut up by Dean yeah. Ambrose for revenge because Chris Jericho broke Dean Ambrose's plant. Uh, plant. Mitch, yeah. And so he destroyed a twenty five thousand dollar jacket. Though that I'm sure it was is... like his, like the one that was on the way out. Sorry, a bunch yeah. of people are saying the club will become Baylor Club when he yeah. debuts. Yeah. Probably. Mm-hmm. Well, as NXT showed us this week, that's not going to be too soon, yeah. guys. Probably mm-hmm. SummerSlam. 
And of course, with the shirt I'm wearing, I have to mention maybe, that, maybe that Darren Young is now being teamed with Bob Backlund, which is the weirdest <laughs> thing. They had a backstage segment, which it was like it was like if Tim and Eric made mm-hmm. a backstage skit. I mean, Bob Backlund. I think Bob Backlund has a good sense of humor or no sense of humor and thinks it's very real. <laughs> uh, but also, if he's cool with working with it with an openly gay mm-hmm. dude, I am surprised of that from I'm, a seventy-year-old former WWE. He seems FCF. so like. He is so different that he probably yeah. doesn't care about that kind of stuff. He probably doesn't. But he's just like, but but do you vote? Are yeah. you a good citizen? <laughs> uh, so before we move on to the next match, Chris, is there any uh, any comments or questions um, people brought up I in the chat? I Best said they felt bad for Ryder. Um, and a lot of people saying, where's Ryder at? Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, he had, a, he had a match on Raw, so that's good. Last week like was the saddest tweet where he's like, catch me on Superstars and Main Event. Uh, this week, like catch me on the B shows. I think yeah. he's on main event again this I, week. Uh, Thirty days ago, I won WrestleMania. Yeah. I see match. I Jesus. saw him. I saw him jokingly tweeting to Kurt Hawkins about the new era, how they're kind of left behind in it. So <laughs> now let's go to the best match of NXT. Yeah, it wasn't the main event, but anytime Shinsuke Nakamura is in a match, it is like the oh. match you got to watch. Yeah, mm-hmm. and in this case, it was it was against Alex Riley uh, on his way out. Yeah, this uh, is his last match. A very weird. Like, it's a phenomenon that only really happens in NXT nowadays, where someone will usually leave. Or be released. And they, there will be a month worth of <laughs> this guy in losing matches, looking like a yeah, chump. Like, like it happened. Bullfit. Yeah, yeah, Bullfit was, like, the most obvious case. I think it happened a little bit with CJ Parker, mm. the hippie guy who's now oh, in, yeah, in New Japan. Yeah. But in this case, yeah, it's uh, Alex Riley, who was, in the same week, two of the Miz's former protégés get released. So Alex Ouch. Riley was... Uh, he was being coached by them is on NXT once, uh, and then yeah, Damian Sando, who was Damian Mizdow for a while. But yes, Alex Riley, he was kind of demoted to NXT. He was their ring announcer for a while, and a good ring announcer. And, yeah, he was okay. And then uh, he went back to the ring to fight Kevin Owens, where he got trounced. But oh, uh, so good. in the last week, he was he's been making fun of Shinsuke Nakamura. And, uh, yeah, Mistake. it was, it was just like, he's saying, right. like, I'm strong style. The best comment ever here at Rod said, Dave should get a cat and name it Cheap Pop Cat. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so his entrance, uh, like, it was Shinsuke Nakamura's first match at uh, the mm-hmm. NXT regular place at Full Sail. And his entrance was incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody was screaming for him. I feel like they're... Dude, I'm fucking hyped <laughs> for this dude. Yeah. I, I mean, his his song is so loved yeah, that it is, is the, great. It's the first WWE entrance theme mm-hmm. on their YouTube page to break a million views. Wow. Really? Yeah. Yep. First, and it did it in two weeks. Wow. And that's a that's also a miracle because their YouTube page of wrestler themes kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's lower quality yeah. than actual, like... I thought it was yeah. a fake one. I was like, wait, who, this fan made one with this shitty picture. How'd they get his music yeah. so soon? Oh, this is the real one? Is that a real question? Ratman Do is asking, so is Nakamura playing a gay character? No, so. He's effeminate, definitely. I think he's using a little bit of gay panic. Mm-hmm. To, uh... Uh, it's a little bit of that. He, I mean, he loves effeminate. He's... Im- He's doing effeminate superstars of music like Freddie Mercury. Yeah, dude, he wants exotic, to be the Freddie Mercury exotic weirdo. Yeah, he never like does a kissing dudes angle, or yeah. he doesn't feel up the other wrestlers. I'm trying to figure like who yeah. he moves. He moves kind of like Voldo, I'd say. If Voldo yeah, was a wrestler, yeah. a little bit. I mean, Lonnie says Shinsuke should be an NXT champ in four months for sure. Yeah, yeah either that or just be gone in four months and be on the regular. Yeah, I just like like watching this match. I thought like. Why is he doing this? Like, I get it. Like, this is like his third match in a month, mm-hmm. which is more than most NXT. Because the Ugh. thing with NXT is that, like, you have one match a month almost for most stars. But him, it's like his third in a month because, like, people want to see him so bad. They so, just want to see. I mean, it's 
the fans want to see him so bad they want more of him the second they see him but they also do need to establish what his shtick is to mm-hmm. everybody. Like, he, these are his moves. <laughs> this is how he builds up to his knees. Uh, Tranquil Bestus. Nakamura's theme sounds like a combination of Final Fantasy and Hell of a Life by Kanye West. Uh, it's amazing. And it's still not even better than his old New Japan theme, though. It is close, I will admit. His new old Japan theme. <laughs> I do yeah. love that both in the game and in real life that uh, it's just Triple H is Alex <laughs> Riley's outfit. Like, he had, just, he had come back his weird rage. <laughs> yeah, it, come back. people must a quick kayfabe history on Alex Riley. Like he mm-hmm. started out as like almost like the moose of WWE. He wore like a Letterman mm-hmm. jacket and was the Mrs. Crony <laughs> and would hold the Mrs. briefcase. But then he just morphed into this guy. He's like his his nickname was Rage. Wow, why did I automatically read moose? So you can't do that on television. Yeah, the big girl. But he <laughs> yeah he would like <laughs> Archie sucks. He just like why I'm not on he camera. was angry that he wasn't given chances in WWE mm-hmm. and yeah true to form like his last match was losing in like four minutes on NXT mm-hmm. but like this and uh, I forget who's who, who's Nakamura's previous opponent was I think oh, well, Elias Samson they yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, and then and yeah, perfect ten, and like and Ty all Ty Dellinger, he killed them all. They're all they were all like five minute matches, but <laughs> they're all still super exciting to watch because like uh, uh, Nakamura can get a lot of shit in in those five minutes. I mean, yeah. Nakamura has uh, you know he has charisma to spare. Yeah. I read this great interview actually with Ju- uh, Jushin Thunder Liger about how important it is for Japanese wrestlers to learn English yeah. and how. He says that like the New Japan office doesn't want you to learn English mm-hmm. because you'll leave them. And he talked about how Nakamura is one of the few who's like, he learned pretty good English, but he probably wishes he knew it better because yeah. now he's having to learn more mm. in his late 30s. Thorny or Gravy is asking, will Shinsuke ever reignite his rivalry with Brock Lesnar? Is that a thing? Yeah, they fought once in uh, New Japan. Really? Yeah, yeah. it was a main event. Uh, so in the mid-2000s when Brock had left WWE, but he wasn't in UFC just yet, mm-hmm. He went to New Japan to ply his trade, and his major rivalries there were with Kurt Angle and Shinsuke Nakamura. Hmm. And, and he Bra- faced him in uh, their January 4th show of that year. Brandolph is asking, how popular is WWE in Japan compared to New Japan? I mean, they usually sell out their shows. They always sell out their shows, but they only go like once a year. Yeah, yeah. And this is after like insulting Japanese fans for... Yeah. Years with the Japanese wrestlers they have, yeah. but, but then they yeah. had their they they had that not a pay per view but a big show there. Yeah, really. Yeah, Kevin shoot. Owens threw the flowers into yes, the so into good. the aisle. Really good. Well, and they just announced their you know obviously with Nakamura mm. and Asuka as as top talents on it. They announced their Japan shows and they all sold out immediately. Yeah, immediately. Yeah. So that shows you where they're at. Uh, but. I mean, Nakamura just plowing through, dudes. I'm, I'm waiting for what his real feud will be for TakeOver since yeah. they've announced it. They're just doing another Finn-Samoa rematch, like the that's literally a third, fifth one. Yeah, and their third one that's like a, that's main eventing uh, a show. They've done six. They, yeah. I mean, they do three TakeOvers in six months, and it's mm. them again. I'm just but like, I'm just happy there's a new one next month. So that'll yeah, be cool. Uh, yeah. Darren Castro is pointing out that Riley fucking murdered Nakamura's chest in their match. A super mm. red chest post-match. Yeah. Riley didn't give oh, up. Wow. Yeah, mm. but I mean, Nakamura is strong style. He doesn't yeah. give a shit either. He's like, he's probably been slapped harder in most of his normal New Japan matches. The uh, Loneously is asking, where does Hideo Itami fit in? He's still injured, yeah. which is sad. I'd love it's to see almost a year now. They haven't even updated. Like, well, we think he'll be back at this point. Like, at least they're saying that with Seth Rollins and John Cena, Randy Orton. Like, 
here's a timetable. It'll be two months. It'll be yeah. a month. At this Hand point, I just hope he's a total surprise. Like he just yeah. walks out in one of the takeovers. Like, yeah. Don't yeah. don't let us. Know. I would hope he'll appear in Japan or something. But he's kind of like a miniature Daniel Bryan in that way, or a, diff- a different style of Daniel Bryan. Of, yeah. They both wrestled so hard for so long <laughs> that now I think his injuries are just catching up to him. Like yeah. he leaves just for oh I'll fix my shoulder, and then they find eight other problems with him. They have to rehab for a year. Yeah. So the rest of NXT was it was kind of just. Uh, I think this was probably the second of their full sale tapings that yeah. that they did, and it was still them like trying to fan service the hell out of it. So like every every match is either the, a fan favorite beating the hell out of a nobody or somebody that they hate. So like main event, Finn Balor beat <laughs> Elias Samson, mm-hmm. uh, Chad Gable and Jason Jordan had a, a tag match, so they went nuts for that. And Alexa Bliss also beat uh, a relative rookie, but it's the daughter of the uh, person who was the mouthpiece for the yeah. Road Warriors. That's back a, in that's the, day. the one of the weirdest like second generation things. Like yeah. the the daughter of a manager is now a wrestler. Mm. Very strange, uh, but I I like that NXT has a lot of squash matches. Yeah. Like yeah. Raw. Meanwhile, we complain on Raw of like, oh, the champions yeah. went, lost every champion except yeah. Roman Reigns lost this week. I, yeah, well, that's because they didn't want to do a squash. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and, I think there's a good middle ground. Like uh, like this show is good just because everyone I loved is on it. But like in a week <laughs> when it's like half matches, half matches featuring people I love. Then the other matches kind of don't tickle my fancy. So, yeah. you know, uh, before we move on to uh, the last match we'll be talking about yes. from Lucha Underground, uh, Chris, what's something from the chat that, that's been brought up? Um, Big Landon says excitement, expectations for the reported Cena versus Nakamura house show oh match my God, in Hawaii. Yeah, so in yes. Hawaii, it, there's going to be an event. You think it'll be there's starting to be counter rumors saying it won't be as big and there won't be the same matches that were reported. But mm-hmm. yeah, John Cena versus Shinsuke Nakamura, Asuka mm-hmm. versus Charlotte? Asuka and Charlotte, yep. And I forget oh. the other one. But well, like, it was rumored it was going to be Brock and Owens, but that is not happening. Uh, is, that has since been announced to not happen. I'm not going to go to Hawaii, but like that had the trappings of like this is going to be like yet another like from Tokyo, from England thing mm-hmm. where it can't be a pay per view. Like the, it's still a thing that I would totally. The rumor like, watch I saw on that WWE Network. The rumor I saw that it would be called Bash at the Beach. Like I would Ooh. love that. I uh, yeah. just call no, it. Where like, and where else? But like yes, Hawaii. That's the perfect place to do Bash at the Beach. Unlike when it was like in fucking Omaha, Nebraska, and they just put out, like, a like a Barbie play, yeah. play set in front of the ring. Like, just... It's so half-assed when they would do it back then. Yeah. But, uh, like, yeah. But, I, all right, let's let's move on to the L. Ray Network. Oh, though. yeah. Uh, Lucha Underground. Yeah, so Lucha Underground this week was um, an amazing, like... I, like, for the last few weeks, what they've been doing is basically just a two-card show. Like, this one, a two-match card... In this case, the first match was over so quickly that it was almost a nothing match. Yeah, pretty but it, much nothing. But, the, I mean, the triples defense was pretty great, too. Yeah. But the real finish was, I. so after they Who teased... Was fighting? So this is Mil Muertes and Matanza. Yeah, so, the, the two monsters, the season one unstoppable monster versus the season two unstoppable monster. It's basically monster. like two Undertakers fighting. Like, yeah. Mil Muertes <laughs> is like the personification of death. He, he died in the, as a child in a building collapse. <laughs> I Casper? I and died. He, yeah, and he held he, like be, the there's a, there was a rock from the building that gave him life, mm-hmm. and uh, that rock is being carried around by his manager Katrina. Uh, might be a, an uh, like might be a demon. She yeah, like <laughs> part of the match even suggests she might be a ghost of some sort. Oh yeah, ghost. and then Matanza is the brother of the boss of Lucha Underground, Dario Cueto. 
but he would he kept him locked up, kind of like Hugo from The Simpsons. <laughs> kept him locked up and would feed people like he like lo- like within wrestlers. the story yeah. of Lucha Underground. He's murdered like two wrestlers. Yeah, like, like killed them. Like you you failed me. You didn't win that tag match last week. I'm gonna feed you to my brother and, and he'll then, eat his face. So uh, yeah, and if you're if you're watching it. He is the one that's got like the giant mask and the jumpsuit. They they're both like phenomenal at like moving around and jumping and doing power moves. Like but they're great at being the monster of their show. And so yeah. uh, I wondered when they first introduced Matanza in the first Matanza's first match where he won the title. Yeah. They made sure to keep him and uh, Mil Muerte separate. Yeah, it was the Aztec Warfare match. It, it, like it was like the it was the Royal Rumble of Lucha Underground. Yeah. And what happened was. Because uh, uh, Mil Muertes got eliminated early, uh, when Matanza came, Mil wasn't around, so they didn't have a chance to face off. And I assumed, like, oh, that'll be end of the year. Yeah, they're saving that for Ultima Lucha. Yeah. But but then, like, the next episode, they start getting in each other's faces. They have an inconsequential match that ends with them, like, falling through the roof of a... a, They both fell through the roof, And disappeared. And then I was like, okay, well, now they're going to take a break. And then two episodes later, like, nope, fuck it, we're doing, like... The darkest, most finale, finality match they can do on Lucha Underground, great, which is great but, consequences. Yeah. Their version of a casket match, which is way better. Mm. When in the storyline of Lucha, when you go in a casket, unless you're Mil Muertes, you are dead. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Stacey, you were gone for like a whole season. Stacy D Pro is asking: Is Mil Muertes like a tiger mask type, or a, a name passed on, or what? Uh, no, it's he's most almost all the characters, unless they're like Rey Mysterio, mm-hmm. are new characters. Yeah. They are created for the world of it, or like even dudes who do have their own indie names, like Joey Ryan or mm-hmm. uh, Jack Evans. Yeah, they get nicknames and extra personas in Luchani Ram. Well, meanwhile, these guys are just big guys who are pro wrestlers, but not in WWE. Yeah. and then they put masks and characters on them. Yeah, so like, the like guy the Muerte's character existed before they hired this yeah. wrestler to be. He's like a dude in TNA for a while, but like it's it's become pretty clear to me that like the people for you guys listening, yeah. not a lot of you guys are watching Lucha, but everybody's not, like Randolph. Why am I not? Not watching Lucha Underground. Oh, you need to. It's on. It's on El Rey, but it's also um, on iTunes. And, and I believe, if you have Xfinity, Comcast, you Sterling, you should probably start watching Lucha Underground. I just can't believe they haven't made a deal with Hulu or Netflix. I'm, it's got to be coming soon. There's or Amazon. Like, yeah. there's so many yeah. choices. The only and, thing I can imagine is that that El Rey network, and it's on my sling actually. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. That it's it's <sighs> somehow a Comcast. Comcasty exclusive. They mm-hmm. wanted exclusive to that cable yeah. plan. I mean, it's El Rey's biggest original programming. Yeah. El Rey, in case you don't know, is the show. Is Robert the channel. Rodriguez the channel. Yeah. Robert Rodriguez the channel. <laughs> yeah. Which is I, I love those commercials. The commercials on it are great because Chris, you would appreciate yeah. this. No, I watch it all the time when, when they say like. When they advertise, we're going to be showing Escape from New York. Yeah, they say the John Carpenter film Escape from New York. Yeah, they, they name the freaking director. In, the, like, in between commercial breaks, they're like, if it's before nine, he's like, this program is censored for television. After nine, all programming will air uncensored. Yeah, and then they do, and they did all day a Ghoulies and Critters marathon, <laughs> and then after nine o'clock, did it again, all uncensored. Oh, nice. uh, but, but so the match was I finally sorry, catch up yeah. on all my Ghoulies knowledge. The, the match on the Shutting Ground was the main <laughs> event. It was so hard hitting. They were tearing each other apart. I don't know if I liked it more than my favorite ever underground match. The the Grave Consequences with Mill versus Phoenix Mm -hmm. but just they had two caskets. They smashed one of them. Mm -hmm. And Mill lost. Mill got beat. He got... I was... I was amazed that Matanza pulled off. Like Matanza has a reverse power slam as his finisher. It's yeah, such it's a cool good. finisher. It's so weird. Like it's a power slam, which is not that 
that not that weird, but the yeah. fact that he's doing it in the opposite direction yeah. is I, just kind of mind blowing. It's counterclockwise, and uh, he did it into his yeah. into the, the into the casket, and they buried Mill. Like yeah. they took Mill with pallbearers away, and they implied that uh, yeah. Mill and uh, or, or no, that now Katrina is with the. But no, yeah, she hunter. she what like she was put in a casket, but disappeared after the match. But yeah, that was great. That six man tag was great. Like Rey Mysterio looking awesome. You're missing out. Uh, Johnny Mundo just being a jerk. A really good show. And like, yeah, they only have two big matches. They had one that was like like two minutes long. But like the other two matches were so long. Like when I started this match, like when I started watching the match, I noticed there's 20 minutes left. I'm like, oh good. Like when does a TV show match on yeah. like on network television get 20 minutes? Never. Yeah. So no. yeah, that, it was really great to see that. Uh, Most everybody complaining they can't watch it legally. Uh, yeah. I wish there was a way to I legally know. watch it in Canada. Says Hugs McGee. Yeah. iTunes uh, release of the season Even, one is only up. To I don't. I don't. 12. I don't. I don't recommend getting it illegally. But if you do, buy it like a T-shirt or something. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you can still support them. Uh, like, also on the El Rey Network, they do have some of the best matches on the El Rey YouTube page. Oh, yeah. You can watch them mm-hmm. there. Really, but and just, like NXT, it's only an hour, so yeah. like if you don't oh, want a huge man. commitment, like it's just like any other show. Yeah, yeah, better wrestling than you get per capita on Raw, and better storytelling. Yeah, than like great, great backstage just... scenes that you think like Robert Rodriguez actually uh, directed. <laughs> yeah. They're just it's just a really rad show overall. I'm hoping we have sold people on Lucha Underground. For real, yes. and we're going to be talking about it, what, almost every week? On yeah, the well, on, uh, for the next, I guess, ten weeks or so, that, that uh, Lucha Underground will have the rest of their season. So I guess at that point we'll move to TNA, but I don't know. But yeah. that will do it for this uh, premiere of Cheap Popcast Live. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed the little background, uh, yeah. not music, but the background wrestling happening. Yeah. Yeah. Podcast will go up as normal. Yes. Well, that was a groundbreaking segment, wasn't it? Uh, we're going to be right back talking about your question of the week, the predictions from Payback, all that good stuff on the other side of this break. Hogan's Rockin' Wrestling will return after these messages. You like Laser Time shows? Then you might like Bonus Time, Laser Time's weekly bonus show exclusively on Patreon.com slash Laser Time. Here's a taste of what you've been missing. I was glad that I got sick after drinking with Wes. He had that whiskey, and I never drink whiskey. Every time I do, it's a bad time. So he's like, you know, just take a pull. I'm like, a pull? How much is a pull? A finger. Uh, so I just like, I'm like, gulp, one gulp of it. That seems enough. True to form, I did get sick. Ooh, I'm, I, I'm debating whether I should have done this, but I took the bus home. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those things where I'm like fading in and out on the bus. God, Not one of those people. Yeah. I somehow luckily get my wits back right as the bus is pulling up to my street. I get out and I think everything's fine. But about like five steps in, I'm like, oh, going to be sick. Literally just spew like probably like a water balloon's worth. <laughs> oh. a, a small water balloon. What color? Like, pink. I got a little bit outside. I felt like maybe that's all I needed. <laughs> but no, I. it was literally every half block. 
I would barf You're another like incredling your way through exactly. San Francisco. And I was so tempted to like the next morning just like re- retrace my steps, but I was hungover, so I didn't. Get bonus time, Laser Time's weekly, full-length, uncensored, and ad-free Patreon-exclusive podcasts, as well as weekly full-length movie commentaries, wrestling and cartoon video commentaries, physical rewards, the first season of Talking Simpson, and more at patreon.com slash lasertime, starting at just five bucks. You'll help us live, and we'll do our best to help you never be bored again. And now back to Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling. back to the final segment for this groundbreaking 81st episode of Cheap Popcast. Of the new era. Yes. A new era. But, you know, you got to stay with some traditions. And one of the traditions is the crowd question, as I call it, where we ask a question to the Cheap Popcast crowd and they respond, What? Yes, they usually say what, and then I say, no, the question of the week what? was, what's your favorite intergender mis- mixed tag match? What? Yeah, uh, this was in honor of China, who had recently passed away, and... You know, she was a pioneer in like in the fact that most of her matches were either mixed tag matches or it was her versus a man. If I believe I remember correctly, she didn't want you to treat her like a woman or, or a treat man. her like a man. Treat, just don't even treat you treat her like you know her. Just mm-hmm. treat her Be like a monster. Yes, that's not how saw goes. Now you don't treat her like anything because she's dead. Yeah, but uh, so Chinese with respect in her Chinese death, ninja dude. social justice warriors said uh, in 2011. In 2011, the promotion Whoa. Chikara had a great match between Claudio Castell. A goalie, uh, aka WWE Cesaro, and Sarah Del Rey, which, like many intergender matches, is built around the fact that while one competitor may be bigger or stronger, it doesn't necessarily guarantee victory for them. What makes this my favorite is a combination of talent on display in combination with how much the crowd is into it. It's definitely worth Don't a watch. Laugh at combination. combination. Don't laugh at it. Combination. It's good. It's good. Konami. Yeah, show me. There we go. Uh, Monty Data said, I was just watching One Night Stand 2006, and it had Edge, Mick Foley, and Lita versus Terry Funk, Tommy Dreamer, and Balula McGillicuddy. Beulah McGillicuddy. Beulah McGillicuddy. Sorry. Uh, Which had everything. It's a podcast, not radio. (laughs) That was a great podcast. That was a great podcast. No, that was a great match. That was a great match. uh, uh, Monty added, there are probably 100 things that happened in that (laughs) match which you wouldn't see on WWE today. For one thing, it was an ECW pay-per-view, so it was very bloody. Very. Like, like t- t- Terry Funk at the end of the match is liter- literally convulsing after, I think, being put through a table that was I either mean, on fire or had barbed wire on it. It was barbed wire. He Jeez. was hamming it up, but, though, with the But, shaking. yes, the end of the match was Edge pinning Beulah? Beulah. Beulah. Beulah, anybody? Beulah? Yes, there you go. Uh, Voodoo economics. Who was the wife of Tommy Dreamer? Mm-hmm. The real-life wife of Tommy Dreamer and in storyline wife of But Tommy. Edge is pinning her, and in in conjunction with the three count, he is thrusting at her. So it's a missionary position pin, yeah. but with each count, Jesus. he is then thrusting. going up and down, up yep. and down, Jesus. on her seemingly... 
prone body. Yeah. And and yeah. and if I'm in indication, you only need three, and then you're done. So, <laughs> uh, Buck- oh, Buckaroo Bonsai said. Any Andy Kaufman match, truly the best intergender champion of exactly. all time. Yeah, but all of his all of his big matches were with with uh, Jerry Lawler. Like his intergender <laughs> matches were like on like Johnny Carson or like some crappy videotape oh, where he's just like right? he's trying to pin a woman in his backyard. He did him at SNL. He did it. At, he did yeah, it in he comedy did. shows too. Like uh-huh. he. It was just his thing. Like, really, I can beat any woman. No woman can beat me. So, were those still works as well? Like that, the ladies on the take I as would well. See. Or if like... the man on the moon is anything to go by, no, it was not. Huh. Like that, he he would pick a real. That's how he met yeah. um, his, his wife, wife or... Courtney Love in in a wrestling match like that. I thought the rumor was that he slept with like all like almost all the. I women do believe afterwards. that, though. I know for a fact he was he was a fan of sex workers. So. Ah. Uh, Rad Mardigan said, "My favorite intergender match is any match that has Ladybeard in it. I love that guy, and by guy, I mean a five-year-old <laughs> Japanese girl. Ladybeard might be my dream tag team partner due, due to the sheer potential for fun that a match like that could create. And Rad Mardigan is an actual wrestler. Yeah, yeah. we talked to him on multiple occasions. I, I don't is Ladybeard the the one who fought against Kenny Omega? I think that has to be the Kenny Omega. Girl. I don't know how yeah. many active five from Baby Metal, right? Yes, okay. uh, yeah. but I don't know how many five-year-old active Japanese wrestlers there are. But there is a great match on YouTube. It's Kenny Omega, who's one of the most popular wrestlers in Japan, mm-hmm. fighting a five-year-old girl and, like, <laughs> actually being competitive and, like, him actually hitting her pretty hard. But, like, how they made that and didn't end up, like, severely crippling a five-year-old girl wow. is, will be a miracle. Because well, she's trained, too, baby. I, yeah. Uh, you know, that Red Martigan, I I think I accidentally insulted him, but I was giving a compliment mm-hmm. where he had a picture from one of his matches. Mm-hmm. And I was like... Oh, that looks like a lion tamer, except like a halfway turned one. Is that like a corkscrew lion tamer? And he said, no, the guy took a picture while the dude was reversing the move. And that's uh, the only picture I have. But the lion tamer, way better than Walls of Jericho. I'm really uh, proud of Rad Martigan for picking that move as a finish or as a as one of his moves instead of the Walls of Jericho, which is like a glorified Boston crab. Blech. So, new crowd question. Uh, back in the first segment, we talked about Hornswoggle's release and how much that deeply affected me personally. (laughs) But, uh, you know, over the entirety of the WWE's history, they've released wrestlers before they had a chance to shine and and fired wrestlers because they did something wrong. Who would you say is the wrestler that you got re- that was released that you wish WWE hadn't gotten rid of or like had gotten rid of too early or before they had a chance to really shine? Well, I mean the obvious one is CM Punk mm-hmm. because that's not even a re- I mean it is a release they mm-hmm. did fire him and mm-hmm. then he sued them but it was just but that was over before that. I yeah. mean he was just heartbroken mm-hmm. like you could see the last year of his career was them just like shitting on him until he quit. That's how it was and it was so disappointing to see that especially now that he just <laughs> seems to never I did- want to wrestling again. Or did, even fighting the UFC. I went and got breakfast this morning and listened to Doug Loves Movies and Colt Cabana was on. Yeah. And they asked him about the CM Punk show. Mm-hmm. And he said, uh, most expensive show I've ever done. And then was like... He is currently uh, in litigation over Surprisingly, it. he's like, so did they win? He's like, no, they didn't win, but like, I, I'll never get this money <laughs> back that I'm spending <laughs> to defend myself yep. from the WWE. You, get, you didn't yep. make anything on those YouTube ads? 
Like, he had to put it up on YouTube. That was so popular. But uh, I'd also say, uh, not to, to go, not with the obvious one, Bobby Lashley. Ah. I think Bobby Lashley, I mean, he. I didn't love him being the ECW champ. That was a bad move to do then when it should have been CM Punk. Yeah. But I got to say that, like, he could have been and kind of should have been their first black champion. Yeah. Like, their first truly black champion. Looked, Let's not get into yeah. the thing, is The Rock black or not, but yeah. whatever. But it's just, he was so, I mean, he was the next Brock Lesnar. He was, yeah. he was the next best thing. He, he looked like the final boss in Super Punch-Out, which is exactly, <laughs> I think, what Vince McMahon wants in a wrestler. Yeah, he's, he was a monster man who mm-hmm. could move like a cat. Like he yeah. was, and he was great. And just seeing him like waste his time, and, not waste mm-hmm. his time in TNA, but just like, why are you doing this for six hundred people in fucking yeah. TNA, man? Like, yeah. Brett, you got to pick. I can't really think of anybody because I didn't watch for so long. Well, even the idea from this new, the batch. idea of releases too. I wasn't, I didn't follow them in thirteen and fourteen. Uh-huh. Sandow getting mm-hmm. released, you know, it was like, oh, that sucks because like he was real hot, yeah. and then you did nothing, and it was clear he had a connection to the crowd. Yeah, even at WrestleMania when it's like, oh, we haven't yeah. seen you for months. And Fuck he, you, Shaq. Why'd you eliminate this guy? Yeah, and he came out and everybody was psyched. It's like people wanted to like him, and yeah. it's like, really? You couldn't find anything? And mm-hmm. I liked Barrett, too. Like, you took bad news away from him, and yeah. I guess he just... But he was always perpetually injured, so it's like maybe his body's just not meant... Mm-hmm. Not, and he know. was seemingly old when they saw him write about walking away. He's like, yeah. I'm approaching my 40s, and yeah. I don't know yeah. much longer. Yeah. just looks good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just like him. Dolph's in the same kind of boat, yeah. and Jack Swagger. I'm just like, we spent a decade here, and... What do we have to show for it? Mm-hmm. I mean, what they have to show for it is international fame that they can't cash in on mm-hmm. on the indie circuit. They'll never make as much money as they make on WWE, sure. but their cachet, no matter how much they got buried on WWE, their cachet is raised so yeah. much. Yeah. Chris, you got anything? I from- will only say, and this is not a release, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. like I never haven't been upset about that Titus O'Neil suspension. Yeah, that sucks. And and just because why? He touched. He touched me. Yeah. So what? Like, and it was on camera, and like now everybody knows. Don't be fucking weird about this. Yeah. And like, a, a big black dude touches you, and you, yeah, and you, and you suspend him. Like, it's my it's my right. Is it my job? Like, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Yeah. He was clearly trying to do something on camera, and the fact that it happened, and you weren't willing. It happened, it, yeah, right. He was at expressing a sentiment. Yeah, uh, like, that's that that always bugged the shit out of me. That yeah. still bugs the shit out of me because it, that that shows you how like how. How tyrannical that organization is running. Yeah. It's like if you got I didn't suspended, like that yeah. thing that happened for four <laughs> seconds. It's like if you got suspended from, from your job like right before the company Christmas party. Mm-hmm. Going go. up to your boss and like giving him a hug, like hey, sorry yeah. man. Yeah. But it was uh, sorry that coworker of ours fucking died. That's something yeah. a crazy person does. And that's yeah. a boss who, by the way, has has like had wrestling matches or is like rolled around with wrestlers on airplanes yeah. and stuff. Like yeah. he is somebody who gets physical, yeah. but but that just shows you, like, he's kind of a... I, I just think about this. Vince McMahon is definitely the most important man in wrestling history. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it'll be a long time before anybody is a more important single force in mm-hmm. wrestling than he sure. is. Mm-hmm. But he is also now a 70-year-old crazy person that mm-hmm. maybe shouldn't be making all the calls anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he, but only death yeah. shall wrest it, hey, yep. the grip from him. Yep. So uh, my pick is going to be uh, Chris Hero. Who was, uh, was known as Cassius Ono in no, NXT? That was a horrible name. Yeah, he was the the original KO. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so during the very early days of NXT, when it first popped up on Hulu, like I had I knew him a little bit from his indie days, but like on NXT, he was pretty interesting because he was like unlike most heels who are just like brash and cocky and in your face, like. He was almost like a hipster heel, but like he would just like he would wear like a hoodie and glasses and just like be sinister and it's different than anything else. And he was also a great wrestler. And 
Yeah, he didn't get to show it that much. Like, he had a good feud with Ricky Steamboat's son, Richie Steamboat. Before he got but, injured. Yeah, uh, but, like, apparently he wasn't fit enough for WWE standards, and he got released, and I think he has, like... He's had something of a yes. thyroid po- problem. Yeah, I think so it's he's, a condition or something. I felt bad making fun of him for getting a little pudgier on the indie scene because I was like, oh, you're not working out as much at the Performance Center now. Yeah. But really, it's like seems like it's something he can't control. Yeah, like he's still able to move pretty good. And yeah, like he, he had great. a... He had like a two-hour Iron Man match recently for charity, Jesus which is insane. But I always wish that like they had kind of, like I think he, like CM Punk wanted him to be in the Shield, but they yeah. picked Roman Reigns instead. He but, had pitched uh, him to be a member of the Shield, and the closest you ever get to that dream match was uh, it's only on the NXT Blu-ray, yeah. I think it was, but it was CM Punk, Seth Rollins as a tag team against Claudio Castagnoli, aka Cesaro, mm-hmm. and Chris Hero, aka yeah. Cassius Ono, who were an amazing tag team in the on the indie I scene back in the day. I, I'm I'm sure it's on YouTube. But anywho, uh, please post your answers to this crowd question below the cheap podcast post on lasertimepodcast.com. Yeah. Check out the fucking YouTube live yeah. version. See how oh, you my like goodness. Visual yeah. accompaniment. Uh, before I close out the show, do you guys have some plugs you'd like to impart? Yeah, listen to fucking Laser Time talking about Civil War, and I'm guessing something else mm-hmm. next week. Jesus, I better look into that. <laughs> I mean, we've got a couple in mind. Uh, and there's also the Cape Crisis podcast I do every week. We talk about comic books. I have a long story oh. about me. Meeting Stan Lee. Uh, well, by meeting, I mean being in the same room with him. There's Talking Simpsons, the weekly exploration of every episode of The Simpsons from the very beginning. We're now eight episodes into season three. Give it a listen. And of course, it's all supported by patreon.com slash laser time. Also, 302010, the weekly look back at what happened in movies, music, TV, and games. Oh, my goodness. And just this week has been so short-circuit happy. We watched it on the Monday Night Movie. You can get the commentary on Bandcamp or Patreon. This week, uh, in 86, was Short Circuit. 96 was Twister. And in 06, Marvel Civil War number one came out. It's an insane week. It's a crazy week. And then also, I finally posted a new VG Empire. So if you go listen to that, uh, Sega CD composer Spencer Nilsson actually came into the studio who did... Batman Returns, Spider-Man versus, versus the Kingpin, Echo the Dolphin, the Sega CD versions, and then the next episode will be a full dive into Sonic CD with oh him boy. again in the studio. So if you like Sega CD era music or just curious about what Sega of America was doing in the early 90s, he has a lot of cool stories. Back when they were doing things. They were doing a lot of things, frankly. Yeah, so, so much great content. Uh, last uh, Cheap Podcast, we had Payback Predictions, and uh, we asked for your predictions in the forums. Uh, amongst us uh, Laser Time editors, Hank, you won the payback predictions. Yeah! Though out of uh, six, or sorry, seven matches, you got three. Whoa. I didn't mm-hmm. guess that every match would be a fucking DQ. Yeah. And, like, uh, I didn't realize payback was really just a raw episode. Yeah. A great raw episode yeah, with man. amazing wrestling. But a raw episode where nothing ended and it just goes to extreme rules. Uh, Brett, you and I tied with two. <laughs> But the uh, the winner amongst the uh, crowd was Sensational, who got five out of seven, wow. and uh, chose uh, a very weird one. Chose WCW's uh, Shane Helms, Sugar Shane Helms' theme song. So that's Ooh. playing us out. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another cheap podcast. In the state of NC In the place to be Your boy paid his dues When Helms evades a spot All the marks are through Vertebraker We'll break your spine Vertebraker Does the trick every time Vertebraker We'll slap your face Vertebraker Break you like the boys with the face Jabronis take notice Sugar Shane has arrived Flexing opponents right on the backside Aim high like top gun Skills they got none Helms will survive All you haters are done Vertebraker We'll break your spine
sugar on top.